welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the land and airwaves where this conversation takes place. Land which was never ceded, land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and rising. Today I'm talking to Japan-born Soichi Kawabata at South Yarra's Yakikami in the Wagyu Omakase dining room. Growing up in Fukuaku, a coastal city known for its seafood culture, Soichi spent his younger years on fishing trips with his father. Here the pair would catch different types of fish and bring them back to the family to share and create something special. To respect and identify quality produce was something he was taught on these trips, igniting his love affair with cooking and confirming his destiny lay within the walls of the kitchen. Soichi began his professional career under Mr. Fukuako, where he spent the next five years building a strong and refined foundation of Ud Japanese cuisine. The high standard of this position, along with his unwavering work ethic, saw him quickly move up the ranks. Before leaving, Soichi obtained his certificate in Fugu, a sought-after license allowing one to prepare and serve the Japanese delicacy Fugu, or pufferfish. Fascinated with the cultural identity of Australia, Soichi decided to widen his culinary journey and moved in 2005, where he found himself at Neil White's Pure South. Further advancing his techniques and learning, and learning what it took to create a full dining experience, Soichi spent many years learning and familiarising himself with Australian produce and a new customer palette. Soichi is the epitome of the entertaining host. Not only is he absolutely proficient in preparing and cooking the food, but he does so with panache, explaining what he's doing and where the produce comes from. I had such a lovely time sitting up at the omakase bar and listening to his every word, and I absolutely recommend Yakikami for a great night out. And you're so, in, you've got so much information as well. Uh, uh, this, that's like a kind of like my part of the show. Yeah. Like um, uh, Koji, all the stuff, including me, but like uh, mainly Koji create the menu. And then um, I'm the front to like uh, entertain and customer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So let's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to start. Okay. We'll just talk. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, so if you have any question, I'm going to ask them as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> where should we start? I like the Yuli. Thank you, That's I know. A knife, That's yeah. right, they are nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and you've got a long um, career in using knives, is that? Yes, yeah. Ah, yes, yes, yes. The short ones. Yeah. yeah. And how did you learn that? Uh, the knife, knife yeah. technique. Oh, it's basically in Japan. Yeah. I went to, uh, first I went to the, um, like, very famous restaurant in my area, in Fukuoka. And then uh, um, my father was like a really good friend with the really nice restaurant owner. And then he was also a chef. And then I was, when I was young, I always go visit him, eat the food. I really liked the cooking. So uh, when I was 18, I went to him say like, uh, I want to be a chef. 
I saw like uh, it's just easy get in because my father's friends. So yeah. I thought like he's gonna give me a position. All right, do the fish uh, from the beginning. I saw, but basically he was like totally like opposite way to teach me how to be a chef. So he go like, okay, I know you you can do a home cooking. I know you can do a filleting fish, but not as professional. Are you confident or not? When he gave me this question, I was like, hmm, that's, I don't think so. So that's why I'm here, I was thinking. But he said, here is too fast for me, too early. So go to fish market. He sent me to the fish market 2 a.m. every morning. What? Till 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock uh, a.m. So just operating fish. And then go to the sushi restaurant. And then start doing like washing rice, washing veggie, cutting stuff. You know, like uh, sometimes clear the tables, all, all sort of jobs. And then step by step going up. And then by the time, five years later, I went to take the national exam for the puffer fish. Then skill up. And then I come to Australia when I was 27. And I went to uh, pastry school, cookery, because I want to get the permanent residency yeah. also. And then Basically, in Australia, I didn't work much at Japanese restaurant. I was working in Italian, French, wow. sometimes like a cafe, because I was really interested about Western cuisine. Yeah. Why so up and down busy, you know? I was like, cafe, 7 a.m., why people come? Because and you for Japanese. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> breakfast we have in house, yes. basically. Like, unless you have something, you got meeting or something like, just quick snack. Yeah, now it's everywhere, you can have a breakfast, but not as much as like over here. Yes. So I was thinking, hmm, not only the serving the dinner time is a chef. Also, let me see the egg. Because I saw scramble egg just twist on the um, pans, poached egg just put in a bowl of water. I was thinking, but there's an art, there's a skill behind. And then pressure, plus pressure. Because breakfast, people can say whatever. Omakase restaurant, I, you can't much say like, oh, can you add this? I wanna do this. Like a, like a breakfast, like I want avocado, I want a well done toast, yeah. butter on, crispy bacon, medium rare poached egg. Like, this is like a noble. <laughs> And then you get like a full on dockets. Yes. Like unlimited dockets. Yes. And then one by one you have to do it, like under pressure. That was also, I feel, as chef, as fun. Like, and then so I did like fine dining, cafe, bistro, takeaway. <laughs> yeah, many different. You've done everything. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> but now you've come back yeah. here yeah. to your roots, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yes. yeah. And so how old were you when you started? Uh, 18. Wow. Okay. So almost 28 years now. It's amazing. <laughs> feel, feel a bit long, but a long way to go. Yeah. This seems like I never stopped. Right? That's interesting that you say that. So how can you, how can you keep improving then if you've got a, a when, when I see Koji's cooking, when I see Josuke's cooking, even like just around the people, or paru, like not only like presenting food, the way they cut the vegetable, because they learn in a different area. Okay. And when I look at it, Hmm, interesting. Like, same thing peeling the vegetable, but people that are different. Yeah. And then, what's the behind? What's the reason behind? I start thinking. And then, oh, so many drops open. Yeah. So, so like, scientists, what's the killing word for the scientists? It's 100% or complete. Because nothing else to do, um, nothing else to do, like, any more than that. The same as cooking. Nothing complete, nothing perfect. Yeah. So, that's why it's interesting. Yeah. 
And I was amazed at all of your knowledge, the way that you talked about the food and the region it came from and, and all of those sorts of things. Do you do you read widely? I read, I read I, like as I told you, we spoke, uh, we shared an idea each other because we come from different party. And then, um, and then when I see the customer, not always customer the same. Not every customer want to hear explanation. So I switch more, talk about local, weather, <laughs> holidays, yeah. and then a little bit of food. And then slowly, slowly put the people into the cooking. Yeah. And then try to expand how Koji made a nice food, how Ryosuke made a nice food, how you feel. Yeah. So not always like just reading the structure or script. Mm. Because people and people, yeah. food always different. Sometimes we make mistakes. But how we cover, how we entertainment people from beginning to the end. That's the, my whole concept to face into the customer. Yeah. If it's in the kitchen, I talk with my plate. Because I can't go every single table and say, this is how I did. You know, I got a passenger, or I got a messenger, which is a waiter, waitress, but sometimes miscommunicate. Mm -hmm. Sometimes front house got under pressure. But over here, yes, we are under pressure. Because 10, 12 people, we have to do it once. We have to pro well prepare, well detailed, and then on top of that, entertainment. Mm -hmm. Like show the skill, show the, um, like uh, since we want to, you guys to understand. Because, for example, when you study math in the back in the elementary school, you're not gonna remember sign to sign tangent. But when you went to excursion with your friend, you clearly remember. This is the memory you actually put into your heart page. Mm. So I don't want to give them, oh, this is a, um, this uh, come from here, this is like this. No, it's whole set is like a one show. That's what I feel when I face the customer. That's why each chef have a different talent. Yeah. Maybe we can make same quality food, but how we present to the customer, how we let the customer understand and then feel comfortable and enjoy like the time spending, yeah. not only the taste ones. Yeah. Hearing, visioning. I want you guys to use a whole sense toasters. And then sometimes we let you guys to talk, discuss, chat, update your, you know, you might come here like haven't seen for 10 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, hi, how are you? I'm not gonna say, hey guys, listen. Yeah. This is the, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna do it. So yeah. this distance is very important, yeah. what I feel. Even 10 people here, not every single people is the same distance. Yeah. Some people shy, some people well love to ask their questions, some people like, keep talking with your friends. So how we, like how I manage the, each customer to keep the same level when they walk up from here. When they, when they come in, they have all different people. Expectation to the food, expectation to the time you spend with your friend or family or girlfriend or not even the girlfriend yet. So how we, that's the, that's why it's, it's interesting but it's sometimes like uh, I can feel customer I didn't make happy. And then I go back and sing. Because food's always the same. Why this customer is super happy? And why this customer, maybe my exploration, my talking, to get the person approaching. Yeah. Maybe I was wrong. So every day I'm like, besides cooking, I have to think about uh, what was the 
um, customers like feedback or, or like how they felt. Mm. That's more important as well. Wow. That sounds stressful for you. And you had two sentences. No, you enjoyed it? Because yeah. I was amazed. You gave everything to us in that six o'clock session, and then you had a whole other new session at um, eight or eight fifteen or whatever it was. Yeah. It was amazing that you could have so much energy. But uh, this all confidence, energy, because we have a team as well. Yeah. Because I'm not one. Yeah. Main main chef Koji actually give give me the confidence to face to the customer yeah. as well. That's yeah. why. Probably I told you, I pretty much I tell everyone, our, our concept of the cooking is one for all or for one. Because I used to play rugby, so <laughs> I like this word, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, um, that's why I can face to the customer and then full on confidence and I can talk. That's why, that's because I have these people yeah. together. And what you're doing here at Yakikami is quite different to other omakase because mm. it's the wagyu so can you tell me a little bit more about the kobe beef and why that's so special ah okay so first of all why we can do the uh, uh, omakase because i'm more more like like towards the seafood side guys oh. wagyu like uh, i started working with this company for seven years wagyu give me the knowledge of the wagyu but more like new because uh, Koji working with this company for I think just before COVID so this is the fourth year he he gave me a lot of idea a lot of knowledge we discussed we touched the beef so why the Kobe is okay so I bring back to the um, explanation why the Kobe is so special because Kobe is actually only one breed never cross over with other region they only located in Hyogo. If I'm the producer, uh, like producing a work, like Kobe beef, it might be step up from the Hyogo before, before become Kobe beef, before I get a certificate for as Kobe, I can't call Kobe. And then they never bring, like, because they never bring, uh, bring back, uh, bring the um, other uh, areas beef, so they don't, it's good like a pure natural DNA. With, um, traditional wagyu, it's called Tajimago. And then 95% of the whole wagyu in Japan is come from Tajimago. But they cross over, cross over, cross over. Because the, the situation, the, the environment different. What they feed is different in the, the, each area. So the, the weather different, temperature different, the drinking water is different, hot water, soft water, different in the area. And then they think, oh, uh, say, um, Kumamoto make beautiful beef. Saga make beautiful beef. Oh, let's cross over. Maybe we can get more better um, uh, quality. But only Kobe, never like this. Yeah. That's why people trust. Yes. And then Kobe, if I call the Kobe Union or Kobe uh, meat supplier, say, ah, oh, I got a yakiniku restaurant. Can I order Kobe? They're not gonna sell it. Oh. Only Kobe. Kobe, look your restaurant. If the quality, we can keep it. Right. That's why I show you the brown metal. Yeah. That's the certificate. It's not. It's not like it just sits there, looks nice. Oh, you know, Kobe give us for decoration. It's not like that. That's the meaning of it. So do you have to 
cook it in a certain way then, according to... Oh, this, uh, uh, cooking, cooking skills, after we receive the meat, they're not going to say how, how, oh. how, they, like how they want us to treat the beef or cook the steak. It's, it's each chef have a different okay. palate. So that's why, like say, 10 restaurants using a Kobe beef. Why everyone not equal profit? Because she, it's after the Kobe, like after when, when we receive the Kobe, it's up to the chef skill, mm. restaurant skill, mm. like environment, the taste, the um, the right right way to cook the steak. That's all the concept. If one mistake, you might lose all customers. Yeah. Yeah. Especially nowadays, SNS, all the all the things people can do yes. on the internet, and then. If we get the bad review, bad score, yeah. then even you made one mistake, but if it was like special day, just like a really like a big um, influencer, and then if she didn't like it, maybe we lose. Yeah, it's kind of a lot of risk, but uh, we have to face it because the world's moving. Yeah, and then now it's totally different about Asia. Yeah, that's why a lot of chefs now. They are going out to the overseas and get some more ideas yeah. to improve yourself. Now I can just see the JOSPA yeah. happening. That's, that's an important part mm -hmm. of it too. So what do you use the JOSPA for? JOSPA for uh, uh, basically grilling. Yeah. And then um, and also uh, we do a smoking as well. Oh. So when we want to make like a, um, it's like a roast beef, for example. We bring up the really high kombucha with Japanese bichota, and then, and then, after that, we add the when the outsides get really nice golden color, and then we add the um, straw, a straw, or whatever whatever flavor you want to put on, because this one can do. Because this is the um, bending system, so once you close it, no oxygen. So when the oil drips to the chapel, it won't become petrified. It becomes smoke, and then flavor going back to the meat. Yeah. Before, before seriously, before here, before this room, I never use a chospa oil. Oh. Never. Yeah. And then we went to the Koji Me. We went to the the Jospa factory. I think it was near Kilo. And then we got we had the, um, like all the explanation, all the information about the Jospa. But still, I was a doubter. Because I always use the traditional one, or combi oven, and I never use the uh, oven, the steak cooking like a um, the temperature 500, 550 degrees. Yeah. Normally 250 or 300, we always learn like that. Yeah. So, almost like a double temperature, and if you show, you're not gonna burn, yeah. you're not gonna like, um, like lose the moisture, or like, every single idea, after you use it, answer is on your plate. Yeah. Outside, nice golden brown color, nice crispy, beautiful charcoal smoky flavor, but not too, not too strong. And then once you cut the steak, inside is really moist, nice and juicy pink color. Even we cook down to the well done steak, well done steak. Even like once you squeeze the meat, the clear because it's not, um, it's cooked through. It's not like a pink or uh, ruddy color, but like beautiful clear juice come up. That's the real, um, what can I say, um, well done and medium, medium well. Mm. And then when we want to cook the brew, we cook it down here. Mm. And then when the inside the temperature hits 42, 44 degrees, and then we chuck into the zip, 
and then close the vent and then get the smoke and then serve to the customer. Wow. I feel like everything here is done perfectly. <laughs> and um, you were telling me, or you were telling us, about the sauce that, a sauce you make ah, that yes, takes yes, a yes. long time. It's been about five days, yes. Yeah. I have okay. to start from today, but uh, uh, the sauce we, we, why we spend that long hours? Because we don't use any starch or like uh, anything to make a sika. Yeah. It's a natural gelatin from the veal bone, mm. and then a chicken, and then we use pork. Yeah. So it's a pure natural. And then there's an Ozuma zone. Like, it's not like a scientific discovery yet, but Ozuma zone is like a, just before the boil, uh, you keep the stock in there, and then best flavor is coming out. So it's not scientific, but from my like history of experience cooking, this is it. That's why, okay, which means I can't boil, which means the cooking time gonna be a longer. Yeah. How many hours I have to spend? Was five days. Five days. Five days. Yeah. So by from today is Friday, finishing by Tuesday. Or so, like, it, so it's so it's un, just under boiling that whole time. Simmering. 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 Yeah. Simmering for five days. Five days. Non-stop fire. Wow. Before I can't say that much because fire safety was this and that, but uh, <laughs> because yeah. but like um, to be honest, we. We check the fire because during the during the day, a little bit uh, stronger. But when we go home, we put it onto the low, yeah. and then put the safety net. Unless like a rats or anything like, don't want to jump in, so cover very well. But still, the steam come up. Yeah. Okay. Make like that, and then we go home, and then next day we skim the because next day it's beautiful scams on surface. So you skim clear, and then cook again. Yeah. And then so. It takes, and then first we spend uh, about 30, almost 30 hours, 27 to 30 hours to make a fondable. And then remove the whole bones and this and that. And then we add them. If we feel like, hey, not like a little bit weak, then we add the vegetable or even vegetable, I only use three um, ingredients. A lot of people use, uh, you know, onion skin, carrot skin. No, I only use leek, uh, onion, carrot, that's it. Wow. And then, because I don't want my sauce to get too sweet. If you can't add the cow, if you add too much uh, onion, those kind of stuff, then it just bring, it keep bring up the sweetness. Yeah. So I want a little bit of sweetness come from the natural flavor, yeah. and then still savory to coating your steak. Mm. And then after the fondable, we bring down to the Bias Grante. Bias Grante is about five times reduced virgin from the fondable, because fondable is still like a soup. Yeah. The, the other day you had a uh, wagyu bone soup. It's like that. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but that's a different way. That's why that's why the soup was white. Okay. Because once you start boiling, the soup gets a uh, uh, white color. Once you simmering, soup stays in cream. It's like a way you make consomme. Mm -hmm. Yes. So consomme, you don't stay. You gentle, gentle. You will. Yeah. Okay. So it's like that too. That's why we spend so much hours, and then the fragrance there. Yeah. How many people work here? I feel like there's a huge, lots of staff. In this section, uh, we are holding a six chef. Yeah. But we are actually doing a rotation. Yes. So every week, uh, every day, we have three staff okay. and two front house. Okay. And then yaki, yakitori section, okay. they have a, 
six on the weekdays and then eight on the weekend. Wow. The chefs. And then four, I'm not sure how many people work here. Because I heard lots of laughter and I like, <laughs> that sounded great. So yeah. it must be a good place to work. Yeah, we are, we are, we are, we don't have like a, any hierarchy or anything like that. You don't have any hierarchy? Wow, okay. Everyone, I mean, not like really equal, but we don't say like, hey, listen, like do what I say. It's yeah. not like that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, great. Well, thank you. Just the other night, I was, I loved everything you said, yeah. and I've just loved everything again. So yeah. thank you. You've probably got a big day ahead, and you've got to start your sauce. So, oh. so I'll leave you to get yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But thank you so much. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Soichi Kawabata at Yakikami in South Yarra. You can check out all the delicious food at yakikami underscore melbourne underscore. That's Y-A-K-I-K-A-M-I underscore melbourne underscore. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more stories from other chefs, I'm on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef. You can read the chat at www.conversationwithachef.com. I would so love it if you told a friend about my chats. And of course, you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great day.